Hello, good evening, and a very warm welcome to Braille for Beginners from the Brailleists Foundation. I'm Dave Williams, and uh, a very warm welcome in to all of you for this uh, official launch event, kicking off National Braille Week 2022 with Braille for Beginners on Demand, which we hope will be one of the easiest ways that you can learn to read and write braille by touch and we have a whole cast of characters that i'm looking forward to introducing you to this evening we'll be talking a little bit about the value of braille which i'm sure you know anyway but uh, we hope to give you some ammunition to go out there to really tell the world about the importance of braille we'll also be hearing from melanie pritchard who is our tutor and the lead for our braille for beginners program and we'll also be hearing from emma who has got uh, her story to tell about her journey on our previous Braille for Beginners course and uh, where that has taken her to. So strap yourself in, enjoy uh, the, the chat, and there will be opportunities later on for you to get your questions asked and answered as we launch our Braille for Beginners. Right, with any further ado, let me just tell you how we got here. So in early 2020, the Brailleist Foundation became an officially registered charity here in the UK. And of course, as you know, three months later, we received instructions that we weren't allowed to go within two metres of each other and we weren't allowed to touch anything, which for a fledgling uh, charity tasked with the promotion of Braille, this was problematic. And so we took our activities online initially with a series of community calls on a Friday evening, which led to our original Braille for Beginners. And we had no idea in April 2020 whether it was even possible to teach Braille over Zoom. Well, two and a half years and I think around 250 registrations later, we have discovered that there certainly is an appetite out there for individual adults to learn to read and write Braille by touch. We know that there are excellent courses available from organisations like RNIB who sell the fingerprint course, but often when readers are studying those courses, they're doing so in isolation. And I think that's where the Brailleist Foundation really comes in because you don't have to learn Braille alone. We've built a community, we've built some resources, we can really help you on your way, on your Braille journey um, to recognize and appreciate and value Braille as much as we do. And to tell us a little bit about Braille and why it's important and why Braille is so deeply linked with the emancipation and the independence of blind and partially sighted people. It gives me great pleasure to introduce you to the general manager of the Braillists Foundation, chair of the UCAF Braille General Working Group and Braille Transcriber, my good friend and colleague, Matthew Horsball. Well, thank you, Dave, and uh, good evening, everyone. It really is very exciting that we've got to this point, and uh, thanks to everybody for coming along and supporting us uh, on that journey. Um, so, yeah, so Braille, um, it's... Uh, everybody says Braille's dying out, but it's not actually been around for that long, would you believe? It's only been around for about sort of 200 years or so. Um, and... It was invented, as I think most people know, uh, by a Frenchman called Louis Braille. Um, Louis Braille lost his sight uh, in an accident when he was quite young. And when he was at school, uh, he had to read raised print letters. 
And obviously, raised print letters would have been very, very bulky and it would have been very slow uh, for him to have read them. And it also, I suppose, would have been quite time consuming to produce them as well. And so um, through a lot of uh, efforts, he came up with the Braille code, largely as we know it today, actually. The alphabet that we use today is still basically Louis Braille's alphabet Um with an, an extra letter W added in because there wasn't a letter W in those days. And obviously we've modified some of the rest of the code because Louis Braille uh, was a Frenchman. And so contractions that made French sense in French obviously don't make sense in English. Um, so there was a lot of work that went on. Um, and, uh, you know, various blind people over the years have kind of extended the code. Um, there was a, a code in the US called Nemeth that was to do with maths and science that was uh, introduced by a blind person called Abraham Nemeth. And uh, more recently, we've had a, a, a sort of revival of Braille and uh, a, a lot of meetings that led towards unified English Braille, which unified Braille across all of the English speaking countries. Um, but as I say, all using the same six dot cell and all using uh, Louis Braille's basic um, alphabet, you know, unchanged over the past 200 years. And, and it's, it's just quite humbling, really, to think that 200 years ago, blind people wouldn't have had an effective way of reading and writing. And it's only through, you know, the work of people like Louis Braille that we've been able to uh, enjoy the employment opportunities that we employ, that we enjoy now, uh, the education opportunities that we enjoy now, and, and so much more, you know, all due to this wonderful Braille code. From a very simple six-stop Braille cell, blind people around the world can read and write in almost any language studying any subject and braille has never been more available you'll find braille in every smartphone in every tablet on every computer there is braille on many products uh, such as uh, co-op own brand products and you will find braille on medication packaging in the built environment such as on handrails or on buttons for uh, lifts we are surrounded by braille so the idea that braille has somehow gone away just simply is not true so uh, thank you for joining us we know that you appreciate this and we hope that that gives you a little bit of ammo that you can kind of take out there uh, to the wider world if you hear if you ever hear anybody saying well braille's had its day well braille frees your ears to access the people and environment around you enabling you to read and write by touch at this point i'd like to bring in melanie pritchard and mel thank you so much for all the work you've done over the last couple of years with our braille for beginners program which has in the past been a a weekly program we always used to get together on a monday night and if people missed it well you know frankly it was sort of bad bad luck really and so what we have done is something a little bit different now to enable uh, individuals to access braille for beginners at a time uh, of your choosing but just start by telling us who is braille for beginners for right dave well as it says braille for beginners it's for beginners but in particular, it is for touch readers. So um, there's good reason for this. There, there are other opportunities out there for people who wish to learn Braille, not necessarily by touch. And we just feel that it's nice to offer this opportunity. So it is directed towards touch readers or, of course, people who wish to help a touch reader and may not have the experience of teaching someone to learn by touch because actually learning to feel the braille 
is just as important, I think, as learning the letters and numbers and everything else you need to learn. So that's who it's for, Dave. I think you undersell it because you say it's nice to offer. I think it's absolutely essential because if somebody has approached their local rehab service or their local uh, blindness society, often they discover, um, let's say, a variable amount of Braille expertise and can't always have the opportunity as you and I had uh, to learn Braille. And it can be a real uphill struggle trying to do that on your own. Um, Often, you know, learning anything new is made so much easier when you can do that in a group to keep yourself accountable and honest and having that uh, peer support. What can we expect from Braille for Beginners? What happens when people register for the course? Right. Well, when they register, you will have access to uh, recordings and also to uh, hard copy resources. We'll get to these in a second. But each recording, they are shorter than the original Braille for Beginners that we did last year and the year before. They used to last an hour, each recording or each episode. You'll be glad to know that the lessons do not last an hour each. They're quite short, about sort of 10 or 15 minutes each. Um, So you'll have access to the recordings. You'll have access to a pamphlet of Braille, which on request will be sent out to you. And that's about, uh, well, it is 18 pages of Braille. And the recordings will refer to this um, hard copy resource that you will have. So quite important to have that to follow. Uh, As you say, there'll be, uh, people will be listening to these recordings on their own, but you won't be on your own because there will be a, a Google group that you'll be able to join, um, which will have other Braille for Beginners uh, members in it. So you'll be able to have a little bit of peer support. Uh, so you won't be on your own. Uh, it could be quite a lonely process, I should think. Uh, if you're learning Braille and it all goes really well and then you start to struggle a little bit and it's quite good to have that peer support. And also there will be an email address. Uh, we'll give these out in a moment. There will be an email address which will take you to a tutor. So if there's something that you really wish to have some help with on a more personal level you'll be able to contact a tutor and have some more personal help Um, so we we have the website of course uh, braillist.org slash beginners we will have an email address that will be beginners at braillist.org i'm sure this will all come again later Um, we will i'm not going to give out the google group information because i should imagine that will all come in registration so lots and lots of help and support you're not going to be on your own and the other thing we should mention is of course the office hours that there will be a designated time each month when you will be able to join in with a live zoom uh, meeting uh, and ask your beginners questions so do avail yourself of all of that how much does it cost mel it's free To my knowledge, it's free, so uh, unless it's changed since then, but a completely free course. Absolutely. Uh, Completely free of charge to you, madam. Um, And so you can uh, sign up for free. Uh, You will get your hard copy Braille resources uh, completely free, and you will get your 8.8-part audio course completely free. And you will also receive access to that Google group and the office hours uh, sessions as well when you'll be able to drop in uh, and ask questions. Can we just say to save confusion, there will be actually 10 recordings um, just to make it clear that um, there is a recording with all the introductory stuff to get you all started and get you interested. Then there are eight lessons 
And then there is a final recording, kind of a next steps. Uh, and this is quite important because we only will be covering the basic alphabet here and numbers and a little bit of punctuation. It's UEB grade one that we'll be covering. Uh, and someone may get through that and then they may think, oh, what do I do now? Where do I go next? Uh, you did mention the fingerprint course before, Dave. So it's worth mentioning that our hard copy resources um, are very similar to fingerprint. And if someone does wish to move on to grade two, it should be quite a seamless process to move on to fingerprint, maybe use the first volume of fingerprint just to recap on what we do here in our Braille for Beginners. And you'll be in a good place then to continue on to grade two. So we've hopefully given you somewhere to go afterwards should you need to. To celebrate National Braille Week 2022, we at the Braillist Foundation are launching our Braille for Beginners on Demand, which we hope will be the easiest way for individuals to learn to read and write Braille by touch. Uh, in a second, we're going to hear a little bit of a clip from one of those audio lessons so you can get just a little bit of a flavour uh, of what they sound like. And then we'll be speaking with Emma, who has previously uh, completed our Braille for Beginners course and uh, continues to use Braille. And after Emma, we will be taking your questions. So the whole panel, uh, Matthew Horsbill, General Manager here at the Braillers Foundation, Mel Melanie Pritchard, uh, who is our tutor, and uh, Emma, I'm sure will be glad to take any questions that you may have. So stand by with those hands. So let's hear just a little clip now from the first Braille for Beginners lesson. Hello, this is Dave from the Braillist Foundation and welcome into lesson one of Braille for Beginners. I'm joined by Mel again. Mel, what letters are we going to introduce in this lesson? In this lesson, we're going to introduce the letters A, L, D and T. And if you're following with our hard copy resources, this will be on the third page of the resources. Okay, so while everybody uh, finds the right place, what are the most important things to remember from our introduction? I think the Braille cell, we'll start with that. We looked at the Braille cell and where the dots are positioned in our grid of three down and two across our grid, where the numbers, dots one, two and three down the left side, dots four, five and six down the right side of our Braille cell. And we need to consider the tracking because we're going to be reading across our new letters. So a nice, gentle touch using our finger pad rather than the tip of our finger, a nice brushing motion across the braille uh, with either hand, either our left or our right hand, whichever one is most sensitive. It's always good to try both. Uh, nice warm hands always read better than cold hands, so make sure your hands are warm and that you're nice and comfortable. And if you can, use a table with your braille so that you can have the weight on your wrists rather than your fingers. All right. So we've got four letters to get us started. Uh, talk us through each of those and describe what they feel like. Right. So if we are following, we're starting at the top of the third page and our first letter, the letter A, and that is dot one. So one little dot in the top left corner of the Braille cell. Is that the only letter that's got one dot? It is the only letter. Yes. There are other things with just one dot, but this is our only actual letter. Okay. So. Dot one, top left-hand corner, is the letter A. 
And uh, you can continue listening once you have registered for Braille for Beginners over at braillist.org slash beginners. As promised, um, I thought it'd be helpful to introduce one of our previous, um, I nearly said victims, uh, students. Emma, welcome in. Hello. How are you? Oh, yeah. Very well, thanks. Brilliant. Um, I wonder if you could just sort of share a little bit about yourself, your background, uh, you know, what's what's been your sort of perception of, of Braille before you came to Braille for Beginners? Uh, well, um, my background is that uh, I'm a computer programmer for a living. Um, I'm, I've been a hearing aid user since I was young. Um, but also I've had problems with my eyes, uh, starting when I was about 19. And um, I eventually ended up losing the sight in one eye. And the other eye could see well enough to drive, but it's still at risk. Like There's still problems with it. Um, potentially in the future, it could need more work. How were you reading, Emma, before Braille? Oh, before Braille. Well, I've got the wrong good eye. So basically, I have all, I have the fonts on my computer pretty big, and I have dark mode. So that's um, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing at the minute. I mean, they're bigger than a normal person, so not as big as someone who's you know. Obviously, I can still see well enough to drive out that eye, but um, that yeah, I, I do have to do things to the computer to be able to uh, to get on. And what are some of the challenges with that? Uh well, I think um, obviously it's it kind of it can be a bit frustrating, um, and I think as well I was um, I was concerned because I have a very text heavy job. Um, it relies on me um, being able to detect tiny changes. For example, a missing semicolon at the end of a line of text. Um, over and over again throughout the day, uh, be able to notice very small differences between large quantities of text. So, um, how I got interested in Braille is I was actually during the lockdown, I was in an online orchestra for harps, and one of the girls there mentioned that she was completely blind. She was learning all the tunes by ear, and she had a Braille note touch, which I was very intrigued. So, I found out a bit more about that, and, and it turned out she was using Braille on this, this device, which is like an iPad. So and I thought, well, you know, um, I'd like to, maybe I should learn that because she was working an iPad. She was able to browse the web, send emails, get involved in this course, upload files. I was amazed, you know, I thought, and all with Braille, I thought, I can't believe she's doing this. I didn't know this was even possible. You know, I just did I was very ignorant. I didn't know anything about these things existed. So then I, um, I had a friend who was, working for her she'd done some work in the past for a charity for the blind locally and she recommended me to rnib to go and um, try and find out what was going on and go get an alphabet card which i did and then i think that i've somehow found out about braille so i landed on your website and signed up for the course um because i thought I, I want to do this because um if i if that eye goes I, i'm going to be out of a job you know my career is going to be over for good and i won't be able to and a living and I was thinking if I learned Braille maybe I'd still be able to do all the things that I enjoy like music I'd be able to work I'd be able to read I've loved reading since I was tiny and I couldn't bear giving it up and also with the hearing loss um it makes audio quite exhausting sometimes you know there's a constant there's a lot more effort you have to put in if you're hard of hearing to hear and it can make you so tired so there's that too um, so, yeah, I just thought it would be a really cool thing to do to uh, help protect these hobbies and things that I love. 
Had you heard of Braille previously? Well, I was kind of, I was aware it was a thing, but I didn't, I didn't really know anything about, I had no idea it could be used with computers or electronic gadgets or anything like that at all. I just thought it was something that was done on pieces of paper. And I knew David Blunkett could read Braille very fast. That's, that's about the only thing I knew um, before I uh, yeah, started to um, find out about all of these things. Emma, talk us through your experience of taking the Braille for Beginners course. Uh, well, it was um, on, we did it all on Zoom. And uh, what happened was we got the, um, we got the course materials so uh, through. Um, so at that time, it was fingerprint that we started with. And um, yeah, so Mel was talking us through it all. And um, we've got the, basically, I found it all. So if I just had the fingerprint book on my own, I don't think I would have persisted because it is really hard learning it on your own and you've got no one to ask questions. You, you, you're just stuck with it on your own. And if you can't understand the instructions, you, that's it. You know, you, 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 you don't know what to do. Um, so yeah, just having that sense of community. I've been on the course uh, for asking loads of questions, like we were asking questions over emails and in Zoom. Um, and the, the group of people that we were we were going through the course with, everyone was just so friendly and welcoming and supportive, and and we all helped to motivate each other, you know. And and I think I I learned I learned a lot from the others, other people asking questions. Um, and then the answers to them. So I learned a lot from talking to the other people in the group. Um, and as well, I think with Braille, the most important thing is you have to persist. You have to be patient and kind to yourself and you have to persist because it's like there's an adult. It's like learning to read again. You know, like when you were a child and you learned to read and you could see. Um, it's like you're learning to read again. So you have to be really kind to yourself and patient. And I think if we didn't have the group, I think, you know, it would be so easy to throw in the towel and just say, oh, this is too hard. Um, you know, so it was just really good. And I think as well, it made me more reassured about my my sight, that losing my sight, I was less worried about losing, you know, about it because there's so many really inspiring people in the group and so many inspiring stories. And I thought, I, do you know what? I think if it happened, I think I could cope. Um, and so that kind of took quite a weight off of me as well, you know, um, fear, learning more about the visually impaired community and about all the activities people are doing. And, um, and I'm, I'm in our book club, which is great as well. That's the same. There's got a real sense of community and everyone's lovely. So let's talk about that in a second. But before we come to that, was there a breakthrough moment when you first started to kind of bring it together because we heard a little clip of the lesson there and obviously at the beginning you know you've got to learn a couple of letters and you've got to learn some pre-braille skills to get going but then of course everybody wants to be able to read whole words and sentences and and paragraphs can you remember were there any moments when actually it started to click for you yeah well, I, I was practicing with my I put the eye patch on my good eye so that I could could only have what you know to like simulate what would happen if it wasn't working and yeah I remember it was it's an amazing moment when you feel the dots and then you realize you can read a word um yeah it, it is it's 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 really um 
I mean, obviously start by just reading the individual letters. But yeah, it's just amazing when you can read a word, yeah. And uh, then just keep going, read two words, you know. And what was the first thing you read that wasn't part of the course? Oh, I was trying to read. Um, I had some free, like, uh, magazines from R&IB. I think I was trying to read them. I was trying to read. There was one called, there was, um, it just had, like, recipes in and stories in. But I couldn't read it very well. I kept trying to read over and over again, like the start of it, over and over again. And then eventually I could read more and more of it. And then I could read, um, I could read like whole articles in it. Like, you know, it was like, um, there was like one about hypnotism. There was one about this really inspiring blind climber who climbed up mountains. And um, there was there was all kinds of stuff in there. It's interesting. And have you, ri- have you written any Braille? Oh, uh, yeah, I've been practising. Um, I've got... Um, I've got a second-hand Perkins machine here now that I got on eBay. So I've I've been doing like thing of writing for that and fingerprint and like writing a couple of letters because they're in the book swap as well. The there's a Braille book swap group and I'm in that. So if I send people a book, I write them a letter in Braille to go in the book. And um, I've been writing on my I've got an Orbit Writer keyboard now as well for my phone. So I've been practicing writing on that as well, writing into my mobile phone with it. Uh, which is really good, and I think you've had a, you've had a uh, podcast about those. Yeah, it's in the in the Brailcast uh, feed. So, uh, just tell us briefly about the book club. Then I know you're a fan. Oh yeah, it's it's great. Well, uh, we've got different uh, subgroups in the book club. So um, I think there's a beginners, um, improvers, intermediate, and advanced. So I'm in the improvers one. Um, so. It, we just read together every every week. We each person takes it in turns. If you don't want to read, you don't have to. You can just listen in, and then we help each other. Like if we're not sure of a word, and, and we just have a good laugh. It's great. And you you mentioned learning about the community, you know, and connecting with the um, the VI community. Uh, has Braille for Beginners? sort of touched other aspects of your life then you mentioned some of those activities that that people do oh yeah it's been a real eye-opener I mean um, I found out that people are doing I didn't know all the things that blind people could do I mean like yoga crafts even knitting which I love Um, so many of my hobbies I would have thought I would have to give them up Uh, but it's just amazing what people are doing and I'm just really I just wouldn't have I wouldn't have learned about any of it if it hadn't been for for going on the Braille for Beginners course because I wouldn't have got involved in that world. I don't know anyone else, you know, in my day to day life who's got a sight problem. So it just really brought my horizons. And I think that's that's one of the um, the great things about it that maybe isn't you know it's kind of not so obvious immediately, but it's just getting in touch with other people who are in the same boat and learning more about, you know, learning more about everyone. And finally, Emma, what would you say to somebody who maybe uses a lot of speech on their phone and sort of thinks, you know, I don't really need Braille, you know, Braille's had its day. We've all got text-to-speech now. Braille is, you know, it served its purpose, but we can we can put it down now. What would you say to somebody who is perhaps a bit reluctant and, and you know, was sort of... Uh, you know, dismissive of, of Braille? Why should people learn Braille? Well, I think 
there's a lot of reasons you should learn it. Bear in mind that um, 70% of people over 70 have hearing loss. When you get older, um, all that audio stuff is going to really tax you and you're going to love a break from it because you're going to find it harder to hear. Um, and also, I'd say that, um, I mean, it, it must be really nice to just be able to sit in, in peace and quiet and read a, read a book without all that noise around uh, of, of the gadgets. Um, and I know some people, blind people who work have to have the screen reader on all day and they can't bear having it on when they come home. Um, I mean, it's just, just to be able to, you know, not have that voice constantly in your ear. Um, and I mean, it helps you as well if you've got Braille. You could be reading some Braille while you're watching the television, for example, or, you know, or, or you can read while you eat or whatever. You know, you can, uh, well, if you get good at it, I'm not quite that good yet. I am trying, but, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you, you can just, you, you don't have to have all that, um, all that noise in your ear. You can just enjoy reading. Emma Sajik, former student from uh, Braille for Beginners, thank you so much for being here. And you're such a fantastic ambassador for this course. And we really appreciate all your uh, kind words. Are you, are you all right to stick around for a little while in case people have questions? Oh, sure. Yeah, I will. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Emma. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, and of course, uh, Mel Pritchard is still here, the Braille for Beginners tutor, and Matthew Horsball, uh, general manager. But I'm going to introduce another voice. Um, and I can't believe uh, it's probably the first time I've done one of these kind of things where it's been half an hour before we've heard from Ben Mustelrose. Hello, Ben. Hello, Dave. You, you thought you could get away with it, but um, I'm, I'm always here. Um, should we go to some questions? Let's go to Dawn. Yes, please. Okay. So um, I have a couple of questions. So first of all, is this course going to be available internationally? And um, second, um, is there any type of component for UEB and or Nemeth or both? Um, and also, if not, are you guys looking to expand any of that and also are you able to get these resources in brf format in electronic because some people like me who you know they might have they might want these resources but they don't necessarily have the room to store and keep them so to your first question you certainly can uh, register from overseas. The course, uh, and it's remiss of me, and I should have mentioned this earlier. So the course has been developed with the support of the Churchill Fellowship and our thanks to the Churchill Fellowship for their support. So it is originally intended for um, a UK audience. And so for that reason, while you will be able to access all the resources electronically online, uh, including the handout as a, as a BRF. You can send us an email and we can share that um, with you. Um, we don't have the facility just now to post hard copy um, resources overseas, but we're happy to work with international partners uh, to try and make that happen. In terms of the, the scope of the course right now, uh, it is um, UEB grade one. So this is uncontracted Braille. 
it is really for the for the very beginner, for somebody who has never really used Braille uh, previously. And it's to kind of get them to the point where, you know, they know the alphabet, punctuation, numbers. Um, so the real essentials that you would need for uh, for labeling and basic reading, writing, you'll have enough um, Braille to to play a game. You'd have enough Braille to do perhaps greetings, cards. Now, in terms of contracted Braille or Braille music or particular math code, never say never, right? So that that could well be something uh, down the road. But at, at this point, uh, the course is really for the absolute beginner uh, who is learning Braille for the first time. Does anyone else on the panel ha- want to add anything to that, Matthew Mel or, or uh, Emma? I think I'd just say it certainly Nemeth would be quite low down our priority list because although we do support international uh, attendees and international participants, we are a UK charity first and foremost, and Nemeth is a code that's only really used in the US. But also, um, you know, we're, we're not trying to be an exclusive club here. You know, Braille for Beginners was built because there really wasn't anything else like it in the market. Once you get to sort of the more advanced stuff, I know, for example, that APH have done a Nemeth tutorial. There's things like UEB online that will teach uh, mathematics and things like that in UEB. So where there are other resources, we will certainly signpost onto those resources and we'll make sure that our resources are as compatible with those resources as we can make them. Okay. Thank you very much. And hopefully, and hopefully I make a toast but to, to future endeavors for you guys. Thank you so much, Dawn. We appreciate the question and uh, stay in touch. I'm going to come back to you, Mel, if I may. Um, can you just talk about the course itself and, and why we've sort of gone with this, this approach? Uh, well, we, we've kind of mirrored, we've gone with the Braille for Beginners, the original uh, one, as much as we can. So we've kind of kept it similar to the ones we've done in previous years. But the main difference here, we did find that last year, the year before, if you weren't available at seven o'clock on a Monday evening, whatever it was, oh, yes, there were the recordings. But, um, you know, people felt sometimes... Uh, they couldn't quite keep up. Uh, They felt a little bit stressed about keeping up. Whereas this way, having access to all the recordings and you can do them in your own time. So you might have a busy week, you might have a quiet week. There is no stress to do one lesson a week. Um, We hope that people will be able to take their time, still getting the help, but at least they can work through it in their own time. Um, Also, as we've mentioned before, we have tried to keep it similar with other courses so that if they do decide to go on to fingerprint or some such course afterwards, it will be a similar structure. Does that answer your question? It does. Thank you. Uh, Matthew, just talk us through the ways in which uh, the audio can be accessed, because there are a couple of options for that. Yeah, for sure. So at launch, the audio is going to be made available on our website. So if you go to brailists.org slash beginners, you'll be able to find the registration form. And once you register, you'll get access to another web page that comes off that one. And that will have on it a link to download the resources as MP3 files. Uh, You can also download them as a zip file. So if you use, for example, Voice Dream Reader on iOS, uh, you'll be able to load that zip file into Voice Dream Reader and listen to it like an audiobook. 
And then we also have built-in web players uh, on the website, one for each lesson. So you'll be able to just simply go onto the website, find the lesson you want, press play, and listen through it. And those web players are just standard HTML web players. So without getting too technical about it, they should support basically all browsers. If you're on Windows or on a Mac or iOS or Android, um, that should all work. You would need an internet connection in order to use those web players, but the files are quite small. uh, So they should work on a mobile data connection, uh, even if the signal is, is pretty poor. Down the line, we're going to be introducing some other ways to access it. So one of the things that will hopefully be coming along in the next sort of two or three weeks or so, takes a while for it to get registered everywhere, is a uh, podcast feed. Now, that's useful in two ways. First of all, for people who like podcasts, you'll be able to get it that way. But also, podcasting is a great way of getting content onto smart speakers. So the A lady, the G lady, even the S lady, you know, um, all those Amazon and Google smart speakers will be able to access the content there. And we're also looking into things like Daisy. So if you have a Victor Reader stream, you can download the audio onto your Victor Reader stream at the moment. But we're also looking into ways of you know, making that a little bit more navigable using things like Daisy and importing it into Easy Reader and things like that. So this is this is the launch. This is not the end. It's it's uh, you know, it's going to keep on developing over the next sort of six to 12 months or so. And Mel, your background is with um, local societies here in the UK. You've taught Braille for a number of years face to face. And obviously people in your area were very lucky because they had access to you, right? But that's not always the case, is it? That often uh, individuals, they, they, they walk in or they phone up and they ask about Braille and uh, they, they, they don't always um, get a great answer. That's right. And that's where we're hoping um, that this will give the option to um, local societies uh, that maybe don't have a Braille tutor present. Um, Yes, as you say, I did do face-to-face Braille for many, many years. And that was so different to teaching Braille on Zoom. Uh, It really was a learning curve for me. I'm still learning now and I'm sure I always will be. But um, yeah, this, this sort of course, hopefully, you know, people will be able to share it, um, you know, help one another, um, local societies be able to use it. That's what we're hoping for, isn't it, really? Emma, let's bring you in. So a couple of years ago, you weren't doing any Braille by the sounds of it. Uh, How often are you using Braille now? Oh, well, I'm doing reading all the time. So I'm trying to do a bit every day um, because we've got a book club. So that keeps me motivated because we try and get to in between you know every week we try and get to a certain page so yeah I'm doing some every day now which is great and uh I've got oh and I I asked for my electricity bill to be in braille and I've been practicing that as well that's taken me quite a long time but I've managed to read how much it's gone up by and I managed to get the numbers right so and and of course you've got all the information there about how to use you know the decimal point now you know the, the lower d and, and and we've got i think the percent uh, sign you know james bowden comes along with extra signs you know when we do the braille bar 
sessions as well. So uh, this is really the foundations to get you set up, get you started, uh, get the ball rolling. It is the opening of a door. It's certainly uh, is far from uh, an exhaustive, um, you know, you can learn Braille for the rest of your life. I mean, Mel, you often tell me that, that you learn things sometimes when James comes along with his Greek alphabet and all the rest of it. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an ongoing uh, process, but hopefully Braille for Beginners gives you that opportunity to, to get the ball rolling, get started and, and take those, those first few steps. Uh, ben, let's just do one more reminder uh, for anyone who might have uh, a question. If not, I'll, I'll ask our panel to maybe sum up with any, any final thoughts. We're getting uh, lots of hands coming in now. Let's try going to Michael uh, for now. And then after Michael, we'll try Justine. Uh, I'm actually in the U.S. and I understood you to say that the uh, hard copy could not be uh, sent overseas. Uh, I have a friend with a uh, Braille printer and I was wondering, can I get the uh, source material that would for the hard copy so that I could have it printed out here? So the the hard copy resources on the front cover, and we haven't talked about this, and this is a, a really exciting feature of the resources, actually have a tactile diagram of the Braille cell um, on the front cover. So the, the, if you actually wanted to emboss them out and your friend has a copy of Duxbury, um, we would actually be able to send a Duxbury file that has that diagram encoded. Um, if your friend doesn't have Duxbury, then... Obviously, we can send a BRF file, but the BRF file won't have the diagram. So you just need to be aware that the page numbers will be sort of one less than what you expect them to be because it won't have the diagram on the front. But yes, yeah, certainly, if you drop us a line to help at braillists.org, that's something we'll be able to help with. Thanks a lot for that, Michael. Um, let's come to Justine next. Uh, Justine, I have just unmuted you. Hi, everybody. Um, my name is Justine. I am an equipment officer for Berkshire Vision. So I am sighted, but obviously all of our members have a visual impairment and a lot of them have hearing impairments as well. Um, being that this is a beginner course, I thought it might be good for me to join, but I see that it's by touch, so it's not necessarily for someone sighted. But I would definitely be signposting or referring a lot of our members to this course. What would be the best way for me to draw alongside them or help them with progress? Or is it more of a case of I refer them to you and you guys will handle all of that? Uh, either way would probably work, I should think. I mean, certainly they would be uh, going through the course uh, on their own, in their own time. But there's nothing to stop you from uh, encouraging them and working along with them if you have that capacity within your service. Um, because it, although you're not going to be learning yourself as a touch reader, the hints that we give for touch reading would help you when you're working with others doing touch reading. So yeah, it's that's one of those occasions when it might be useful to you. It might even be worth you grabbing, you know, just signing up anyway, just to see what the experience is is like so that you know what the clients would receive, right? So you would hear the audio, you receive the uh, the hard copy in the post, so you will get the experience. So then you'll be able to kind of manage expectations if you're telling someone about it. Uh, and the other thing is that in the audio, we, we do use kind of um, – 
you know, uh, sort of conceptual ideas that are also visual in nature. For example, when we talk about the Braille letter G, you know, we talk about a grid uh, and a lot of people can visualize a, a grid in their mind. Maybe they've got a visual recollection of a, of a grid. Uh, so it's um, it, it's perhaps worth having a, a, a little listen, you know, to, to a couple of the lessons to see if they make sense for you. And there, there are um, other courses online that work well for um, uh, sighted learners. So if you wanted to learn Braille visually, you know, we, we would recommend UEB online uh, for that. Um, and that is a free course that you can do sort of in your web browser. And it's really a writing course, to be honest, whereas uh, I think the, the Braille for Beginners, you know, we try to focus a lot on the reading uh, as well. Probably, I'd say it's probably more reading than writing the Braille for Beginners, uh, whereas the UEB online is is more a, a kind of sort of bit of sight reading, and, and but, but mainly writing. So, um, yeah, dip in, let us know what you think, trial it with some of your um, service users and, and feedback. This is very much, a, you know, a version one. Uh, and we're keen to to get it out there, get some feedback, and and you know then we can can iterate and improve on it. And uh, we can go to Dave now. Uh, Dave, I have just unmuted you. Hi, I'm from Ireland, um, and just I managed to smuggle in a copy of the fingerprint course, and I was wondering would I be able to use that to follow follow the course, or would I need the specific uh, for you know specific documents? Right. Well, um, <laughs> the page numbers would be different. So as long as you uh, understood that the pages wouldn't quite be the same, but the content will be similar. I suppose the resources will be free anyway, so it might be worth getting a copy of our, you know, our hard copy resources. But yeah, um, it does happen all in a very similar order to fingerprint. So it wouldn't be completely strange if you had fingerprint. The thing that fingerprint gives you is is a lot more reading practice. So that's the thing that obviously we can't you know replicate that because that's fingerprints kind of IP really is all those passages of of, of text. Um, but we do introduce the the alphabet in the same order. Um, there are a couple of symbols I think that we introduce that that may not be in fingerprint. I'm going to venture to suggest. Yeah, they're later on in fingerprints. So the actual letter part would be the same. The letters come in the same order. But uh, at the end of our Braille for beginners, because we're covering basic punctuation, that doesn't come until a little later on in fingerprints. So uh, to begin with, you'd be fine. We sort of anticipated that um, many of our beginners would go on to use electronic Braille devices. So we've included things like the hash symbol, uh, which you may encounter if you were using an electronic um, Braille display with a smartphone or a tablet. You might see hashtags, you know, in your um, social media or on websites. And so we felt that that was an important symbol uh, to include. So that does come almost right at the end, I think, of our Braille for Beginners course. And uh, we've uh, got Jonathan with us now. Jonathan, you're good to go. Thank you. Uh, there is a question at the end, but first of all, thank you. This is brilliant. I heard about the Braillers from a friend of mine who was on your course at the beginning of the year and raved about it. And Emma, you speak about the inspiring people, but I have to say you're inspiring yourself. So thank you for sharing what you did with us. I, I've not learned Braille. I'm a very young mid-50s and I've decided that it's time to learn it. I haven't seen for quite a long time or seen the screen. I've still got a little peripheral vision. But, um, and and I remember going to a speech where somebody was reading their speech and 
having perfect eye contact with the audience because obviously they weren't looking at what the notes were. What sort of, as, as somebody who would like to learn that, you, you say that there's going to be uh, sessions you can join to ask questions and so on. Does it matter how long it takes us to learn it? Because obviously there's each lesson, you could do it every week or every day, whatever you wanted. But is this just going to be an ongoing thing or will it be for specific periods of time? Uh, ongoing, we hope. Uh, so the plan is that there would be a, a drop-in session uh, once a month, so where people can ask questions on on Zoom. Uh, but of course, in between times, there'll be access to a tutor and the peer support on the email forum. Okay, that's brilliant. Thank you. And if if you do it on a weekly basis and follow the lessons and, and do your practicing, at what sort of time span does it take an average person? I know we're all different to to learn to read basic Braille or to to be able to read a book. Because Emma's quite right, everything is in our ears. We use screen readers for everything, or I do for everything I do. And just to be able to go and sit in the park under a tree and read a book quietly, wow, what a wonderful thought! Indeed. So uh, we have got. Uh, and Emma, I'd love to hear your your answer to to this as well, because the course itself is eight lessons. There's a there's an intro and, and an outro. Um, so I imagine most people would probably listen to the introduction, and they'd probably listen to lesson one. You know, I would I would expect, and th and they're about ten or fifteen minutes each in audio. So there's about twenty minutes of audio that you might listen to in the first week, um, and then you might listen weekly after that. So after the uh, eight lessons, you will know the alphabet and the numbers and and you know and the basic punctuation. Now there are books in uncontracted grade one braille, so uh, depending on how much you practice, um, once you've got that that eight week sort of period complete, you should then hopefully be in a position to read some short you know uh, sentences and. Um, Maybe even some short passages of text. Well, how would you answer that question, Emma? When when you started uh, from the very beginning to the point of being able to actually sit outside and, and read and enjoy reading? Yeah, well, after we did the Braille for Beginners course, pretty much straight ahead, I joined the book club, and um, at the beginner level, and I'm still reading in Grade One Braille now in the book club, um, and it's it's good. I think. Um, I got better and better. It really is a case of the more you the do it, the better you get and don't give up. Um, and I think it's um, it's it's a skill. It's like it's like learning a musical instrument or learning to ride a bike. It's not intellectual. It's um, it's it's a very kind of physical skill. Um, I mean, obviously, it does help to have like try and visualize in your head what the different dots are but but it's it, it is literally hands on you know you can't um you can't cram for it in a way it's not like a test where you can memorize loads of stuff and suddenly you can do it um it's one of those things that you can only learn by doing so um but i would say yeah you know certainly once i joined the book club and i was reading regularly um i got i got better and better I've got to the point now where I could read, um, you know, and and know what's going on. And it, I, I, 
a reasonable, I mean, I'm not quick, but I can read at a reasonable pace. Um, so, yeah, I think there's loads of stuff out there. There's there's magazines from the RNIB that are in grade one Braille. There's loads of library books in grade one Braille. There's even books in uh, grade one Braille with double spacing if you, you're struggling with um, scanning. Uh, the, and all for free if you join the RNIB library you don't have to pay for it and uh, it's all out there for you they're printing on demand so um, the magazines you do have to pay for but they're not very expensive at all um, and you can get a free copy you know a sample copy for free to start to see if you're gonna gonna like it so yeah there's, there's loads of stuff out there in grade one you, you probably don't even have to know in grade two if you don't want to you can still get by um so yeah that's brilliant thank you emma and i guess i i, I teach people to use uh, voiceover and, and i always say patience and practice so i need to give myself that my final question once you've started learning braille and, and gone through the lessons what's your advice on what sort of thing to use to to use your phone with a with braille oh well i've got an android phone um i'm not actually um, some people do have an electronic braille display that they um, they connect their phone to. I've only got the little keyboard, the orbit writer keyboard. So I've, I'm not using a braille display, but if you have one, you can connect your phone to it and then you can actually read out this, the things that the screen reader would talk to you and say. You can actually read out them in braille instead. Uh, that's what I've heard. So... Um, it, it just then becomes you don't have to have the voice all the time. I believe there's a way of muting the voice um, so that you can read, use the, the Braille display to read stuff and write stuff as well. So on that note, Jonathan, um, if you go to our media page, braillist.org slash media, we fairly recently did a sort of mini series. It was three masterclasses in total all about how to drive your iPhone using a braille display in conjunction with voiceover so if you're someone who teaches voiceover there'll be a lot of stuff in there that you're familiar with uh, i would i would say um whilst also introducing some some new concepts to you as well so maybe maybe give that a listen definitely thank you you guys are brilliant thank you very much wonderful questions jonathan and i, I it just occurred to me while you were asking that question i would love this to become like the couch to 5k of braille you know that it's the thing that gets people started and gets you up to a kind of a basic level of competency that in nine weeks you know and if you need to repeat weeks that's fine if you take if you're quicker if you're slower that doesn't matter but ballpark in you know in in sort of eight or nine weeks a couple of months you could get to a level at which you could um you know string a few words together and hopefully a few sentences and and be able to you know, read for, you know, 20 minutes or half an hour and actually, you know, have a, a positive experience doing that. Unless there are any other hands. Can I just make a comment for Jonathan before we leave this? Because as a tutor, listening to Jonathan as a tutor, what struck me was the goal there, you know, sitting under a tree and reading a book. Hang on to that goal because everyone will learn and learn enthusiastically and get there if they've got a really good goal, something they want to use the Braille for. So that, to me, you know, I picked that out straight away. So good luck. I think I actually wanted to come back on Jonathan's question as well, uh, because he was asking how long it takes to to learn Braille. And obviously it, it, it is different and it will take, you know, 
sort of eight or nine weeks to learn the whole thing. But what I would say is we've devised the curriculum in such a way that even after week, sort of week two, week three, you're going to be reading words. You know, the reason why we do A, L, D and T is so that you can read all dad, lad, you know, in, in the first week. So hopefully that will motivate you. If you're reading words by week two or week three, hopefully that will motivate you to carry on. Excellent. So we'll take the two final uh, questions. Uh, should we take those sort of consecutively uh, and then we'll let the panel answer those and then we'll wrap up. So uh, we'll go to, uh, I believe it's Alco first. Uh, Alco, you're good to go. I'm the Braille, uh, the Braille Literacy Instructor for the Lighthouse for the Blind in Spokane, Washington. And I am using a number of different curricula because everybody's needs are different, you know. But I do have Duxbury and I'm just wondering how do I access these files and is there a cost okay and then we'll take the other question as well and then we'll come back to your question alco um i did just try just now about the website to register and i couldn't find where to register so could you please let me know where can i register so first of all on the website braylists.org slash beginners um, that page is quite long and thank you for the feedback. One of the things I'll take on board is to put that registration link uh, perhaps in a few more places. But if you go right to the bottom of the page, I think it was Manisha that asked that question, right to the bottom of the page and then uh, shift H to go to the, the last heading from the bottom of the page. It will say, how do I sign up? And there's a link right under there uh, that says register. So if you click on that link, that will uh, get you to the registration form. And if you have any problems with that, do drop us an email to help at braylists.org and I'll, I'll sort that out. Um, likewise, Alco, really, really good to hear from you. Um, yeah, those files, uh, we're making them available on requests rather than just as a download, just so we can keep a track of who's got them and what they're doing with them. But it'd be a pleasure to send them to you. Again, help at braylists.org, drop us a line there and uh, I'll send that Duxbury file over to you and, and perhaps have a, a wider conversation about how you're teaching Braille over there because it'd be good to get a partnership uh, going there. Okie dokie. Uh, any final thoughts from you, Matthew? No, I, I think that's everything from me. Brilliant. Uh, and Mel? Well, I just want to thank everyone for joining us and for helping us along with this event. It's a really exciting time. And anyone who wants to go along with the course, we just wish them the very, very best of luck. And again, one of the things I said earlier, just remember you're not on your own. So have a go, see how you get on. And we're just at the end of an email. There's the website there. So uh, just, you know, do what you can. And we're there to help. Uh, any final thoughts from you, Emma? Oh, just thanks for letting me take part. And also, I wanted to mention that uh, age isn't a barrier. I'm in my 40s now. And we have people of all ages learning in the course, Braille for Beginners course. So um, don't let your age put you off at all. It's never too late. And that's a really, really important message to, to finish with. It is never too late to learn Braille. And we here at the Braille's Foundation really hope you do. My thanks to Ben Mustle-Rose uh, for pushing the buttons and helping out with the moderation, General Manager Matthew Horspool, uh, Mel Pritchard, our tutor, and Emma Sajik for your contributions this evening. Good luck, everyone who is embarking on Braille for Beginners. Share it far and wide with your contacts and organisations. We look forward to your questions and feedback. And from all of us here at the Braillist Foundation. Until next time, bye for now.